Good morning, and welcome to Simply Space. It's Friday, February 2nd. On today's show, Redwire expands its space manufacturing technology portfolio, while Thai astronomers make a groundbreaking discovery of 13 galaxies with the James Webb Space Telescope. Plus, Sierra Space unveils its fully integrated Dream Chaser space plane during an ongoing testing campaign. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Space. We start off with an exciting update from Redwire Corporation, which has announced a strategic expansion of its in-space manufacturing technology portfolio with the launch of its autonomous semiconductor manufacturing platform, MSTIC, to the International Space Station. This is part of a wider effort to ensure U.S. leadership in in-space manufacturing and the production of advanced materials for terrestrial markets. Here with more on this is our correspondent, Abby. Can you tell us more about this Pathfinder mission and its significance? Certainly, David. The MSTIC payload was developed by Redwire in partnership with the ISS National Laboratory and through NASA's In-Space Production Applications Flight Demonstrations Program. This mission is a significant step in validating space-based manufacturing processes that could potentially deliver superior components beyond what is possible on Earth. This could have a significant impact on semiconductor supply chains. And how does this fit into Redwire's broader portfolio and plans? MSTIC is the latest addition to Redwire's portfolio of space biotech and in-space manufacturing capabilities. The company also plans to open a 30,000-square-foot microgravity payload development facility and mission operations center in Floyd County, Indiana. This facility will support increased production of critical technologies for human spaceflight missions and commercial microgravity research and development in low Earth orbit. What does this mean for the semiconductor ecosystem? John Vellinger, president of Redwire's InSpace Industries, has stated that they are strategically expanding their space manufacturing capabilities to reach new markets and drive innovation that could support U.S. leadership in the global semiconductor ecosystem. The global semiconductor market was valued at over $600 billion in 2022, and experts forecast that it will reach over $1 trillion by 2030. Current challenges within the semiconductor supply chain, including geopolitical risk and complex manufacturing processes, present an opportunity for innovation and increasing domestic production. Thanks for that report, Abby, on the significant development in in in-space manufacturing. Now, let's shift our gaze from manufacturing to discovery. Thai astronomers have made a remarkable discovery uncovering 13 low-mass galaxies with the help of the James Webb Space Telescope. These galaxies, believed to have originated around 13 billion years ago, are among the smallest ever found from the early epoch of the universe. Here to delve deeper into this discovery is our correspondent, James. Can you tell us more about these galaxies and their significance? Certainly, David. The team from the National Astronomical Research Institute of Thailand used data from images captured by the James Webb Space Telescope to search for these small-sized galaxies. They emerged when the universe was around 550 to 700 million years old, during the period known as the Epoch of Ryanization. This was a time when the hot gases left over from the Big Bang 
began to clump together as stars and galaxies. Interesting. And how does the James Webb Space Telescope fit into this discovery? The James Webb Space Telescope is instrumental in exploring the dawn of the universe. It gathers data on the mass, age, shape, and even the metallicity of these galaxies. However, observing low-mass galaxies poses challenges as they lie on the very edge of the imaging capabilities of even the James Webb Telescope, which orbits the Sun about 1.5 million kilometers away from the Earth. What have the astronomers learned from these newly discovered galaxies? After analyzing the data from these galaxies, the astronomers found that they are currently producing new stars at a rate of 1 to 10 per year. The age of the stars within these galaxies ranges from 30 to 200 million years, which is consistent with the theoretical predictions of astronomers. Using the star ages, the research team was able to create a simple formula to estimate the rate of new star formation and the mass of the galaxies. This is certainly a significant discovery. How does it contribute to our understanding of the universe? This discovery is helping astronomers unveil the secrets of early low-mass galaxies. It provides valuable insights into the formation and evolution of galaxies and the early universe as a whole. The findings have been published in the Astrophysical Journal Letters, contributing to the body of knowledge in the field. That was Simply Space reporter James, shedding light on the recent discovery of 13 low-mass galaxies by Thai astronomers. Now, let's shift our gaze from the distant galaxies to the International Space Station. Sierra Space's Dream Chaser space plane is one step closer to returning to the ISS. As part of an ongoing test campaign, the Dream Chaser was recently mated to its Shooting Star module for the first time at NASA's Neil Armstrong Test Facility. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, Celeste. Can you tell us more about this development? Certainly, David. The Dream Chaser space plane is the third and final cargo spacecraft contracted by NASA to shuttle supplies and science experiments to the International Space Station as part of the Commercial Resupply Services II contract. In 2016, Northrop Grumman, Sierra Space, and SpaceX were awarded several flights each under this agreement. What can you tell us about the journey of the Dream Chaser to this point? The Dream Chaser, also known as Tenacity, has faced several years of development delays. However, it recently began its final slate of testing before being shipped to Florida for launch. Sierra Space CEO Tom Weiss expressed excitement about entering orbital operations for NASA this year, marking a significant change in how we connect Earth and space. What does the testing process involve? Currently, Tenacity and its Shooting Star module are positioned on top of the shake table inside NASA's Mechanical Vibrations Facility. This facility has been responsible for critical mission testing of various spacecrafts. Since early January, Dream Chaser has undergone several shake tests to simulate the vibrations from both launch and landing. The next phase of testing will simulate the harshness of being on orbit. What's the timeline for the next phase of testing? There's no set timeline for how long the next phase of testing will last, but the plan is to ship the Dream Chaser and its Shooting Star module to the Kennedy Space Center in Florida for a launch in the first half of the year. What can we expect from the Dream Chaser in the future? The flight of the Dream Chaser Tenacity will mark the first of seven contracted cargo missions for Sierra Space to the ISS. The company plans to use Tenacity for their first four flights, while they work on their next space plane, dubbed Reverence. 
The vehicle is designed for 15 missions, but Sierra Space believes that it will be able to go well beyond that. What makes Dream Chaser unique compared to other spacecrafts? One of the unique features of Dream Chaser is its ability to land on commercial runways at airports beyond those at the Kennedy Space Center or Vandenberg Space Force Base. For now, Sierra Space will focus on landing at those two principal sites, but other opportunities will come into the mix as they mature the vehicle. They are also in discussions with Japan to be able to launch and land Dream Chasers in that country. Thanks for that update, Celeste. From one space story to another, let's turn our attention to the Defense Research and Development Organization, or DRDO. The Ministry of Defense has announced that the DRDO has successfully launched a green propulsion system developed under the Technology Development Fund scheme. This system was launched on a payload by PSLV C-58. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent from Simply Space. Can you tell us more about this green propulsion system? Certainly, David. This project, known as the 1N-class green monopropellant thruster, is designed for altitude control and orbit keeping of micro-satellites. It was sanctioned to a Bengaluru-based startup called Bellatrix Aerospace Pivotit Liltidi. The telemetry data from the PSLV Orbital Experimental Module has been validated and found to have exceeded all performance parameters. So, what makes this technology innovative and green? This technology is considered green because it's non-toxic and environment-friendly, making it ideal for low-orbit space. The system consists of indigenously developed propellant, fill and drain valves, latch valve, solenoid valve, catalyst bed, and drive electronics. It's particularly suitable for space missions with high thrust requirements. And who was responsible for carrying out this project? The complete project was carried out by Bellatrix Aerospace under the guidance of the Project Monitoring and Mentoring Group of DRDO. They demonstrated pulsed mode and steady-state firing in vacuum, passivation of residual propellant in outer space, and established a filling procedure under the Technology Development Fund. This certainly seems like a significant development in space technology. Thanks for the insights, Michael. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Space. We'll see you back here tomorrow.